Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about falcons, weeping pussy willows, artificial intelligence, gifts, pegs, boobs, and queen. Now, the music for this show is slightly different. It's not exactly music, and it's going to be a little interactive, because maybe you can try to figure it out as we go, and then there's going to be two stories about it that will explain it at the end of the episode. Let's get on with the show. This comes from a listener named Komei. Thanks, Komei. He sent me this. He gets this newsletter. I had never heard of it, but it's called Now I Know That's Half the Battle by Dan Lewis, and he sent me some he thought I might like. He sends out like a newsletter of interesting stories he's researched. So thank you, Komei. Thank you, Dan Lewis. Check out Now I Know. That's half the battle. I'll put a link in the show notes. So I liked this one article. I thought this was great. The title is The Birds Who Fly First Class. If you're flying on Qatar Airways and want to bring your cat with you, good news, you can, provided you're comfortable with checking your cat with the luggage. Qatar Airways accepts domesticated dogs, cats, and birds as checked baggage, either on your flight or on a separate one, in accordance with international air travel requirements. But, this is a big but, as the Christian Science Monitor explains, falconry, that's hard for me to say, falconry, falconry, is deeply rooted in Gulf culture, long before natural gas and oil discoveries in the 50s transformed the United Arab Emirates into an economic powerhouse of skyscrapers and tech firms, it was an eat-what-you-can-catch way of life for the region's nomadic Bedouin inhabitants. But the Bedouin had a secret weapon. Equipped with basic desert tools and instincts that could make or break a winter's hunt. And that secret weapon was the falcon. Over the decades since, falconry has pivoted from survival skill to status symbol in the region. A golden falcon, for example, 
is the prominent symbol for the emblem of the United Arab Emirates. Today, falcons are particularly common as pets throughout the Gulf region, and the animals sell for, get this, $500 to $20,000. $20,000 for a falcon. At that price point, you can understand why many falcon owners do not want their birds flying with someone's checked baggage. So at some point, the regional airlines began allowing falcons on board in the main cabin. I was like, what? (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Today, Qatar Airways allows economy class ticket holders to carry on one falcon per person. That's right, one falcon per person, provided that fewer than five other people are doing the same. (laughs) So it's only five falcons per cabin. You got it? Five falcons per cabin. (laughs) Emirates has a similar policy, and Eritad is a little more falcon-friendly. One falcon per seat is permitted (laughs) for an additional fee. And if you want to bring two birds, that's not a problem. One additional falcon be Sorry, it's even hard to say this. One additional falcon can be carried when an extra seat is purchased within the same class. (laughs) These people are serious about their falcons. To prevent the birds from bothering the other passengers, they are typically outfitted with eye masks. Okay, the, the falcons have eye masks. As one expert told CNN, the birds of prey, when they see something, they go and get it. So the headwear, the, the eye shades, helps to prevent the bird from flying around the cabin. Oh my gosh, I was on a plane and there was a falcon flying around the cabin. What havoc! On landing, the drop in altitude and the change in cabin pressure can cause the birds to, to start flapping their wings. But in general, they tend to stay put. Okay, now you got falcons flapping their wings as you land. And get this. To ensure that the birds are in good health, both for the benefit of the passengers and the birds themselves, the birds have their own passports. In 2002, the UAE created a formal falcon passport program designed to provide the birds with documentation articulating the birds' country of origin, permit number, and a date of its last export or import. They get their own passports? I'm sorry, that's crazy. As of 2013, the UAE had issued 28,000 such falcon passports. (laughs) So if you board a flight and you find yourself sitting next to a bird or two, don't be too concerned. Just make sure they're wearing their special Eye mask. And if you're doubly concerned, you may want to ask the flight attendant to double check their Falcon passport. As I've been saying, my life has gotten dull. <laughs> Gone are all my fun work trips and traveling, and I'm basically just trying to heal my knee. Uh, I did go to the doctor, and it looks like I don't need surgery. So that's a yippee, 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 yippee. But I still have another two weeks in this full like immobilizer before I even start physical therapy for six weeks. So I was at the grocery store because that's like a highlight these days. It's like getting out of the house. It's a very small yippee, yippee. <laughs> I bought this. I know it's ridiculous, but 
I'm bored, okay? I'm bored. And I saw this Weeping Pussy Willow. I think they had it there for Mother's Day. And um, I read the little thing on it because I got lots of time. I read the little card on the plant at the grocery store. And it said, The Story of the Tree of Enchantment. The Weeping Pussy Willow is among the most graceful of trees. It is connected with all that is feminine, dreaming, intuition, emotion, enchantment, healing, and revitalization. The willow has long since been recognized as a sacred tree by poets, philosophers, religious leaders because of its flexibility of its twigs. The willow's flexibility symbolizes resilience and inspires us to move with life rather than resist what we are feeling. And I was thinking, well, this all sounds like me at the moment. I need to move with this knee injury, not fight against the boredom. And then it also says, legend has it that Willow is bestowed with magical power capable of fulfilling wishes. And I was like, oh, I got some wishes at the moment. For a wish to be granted, ask Ask permission of the willow, explaining your desire. Select a pliable shoot and tie a loose knot in it, expressing your wish. When your wish is fulfilled, return and untie the knot. Remember to thank the willow for your gift. Well, I put a knot in that willow, in the weeping pussy willow. (laughs) So I have the pussy willow, and it has a knot in it, and... I'm hoping that my wish of my knee getting better is fulfilled so I can untie the knot and thank the weeping pussy willow. This is a little attachment to when I was buying my weeping pussy willow. There was a young kid at the checkout and he goes, that's a nice looking pussy willow. And then there was another person in the aisle and he goes, what? That's the name of the plant. I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Well, that weeping pussy willow is growing like crazy. And I took a picture of it to send to my friend I talked to on the phone a lot. And he's like, oh, it was all bad puns. And it's like, that's a big pussy. Look at that pussy grow. (laughs) As you know, I'm not working. I'm not flying. I'm not traveling. uh, And I record this at different times. So it's not a lot of work all at one time. So I record it every time. So I'm at different stages of my recovery right now. As I'm recording this, I'm still in the full leg immobilizer. But I did, and I mentioned in the last episode, I do keep stories, um, ideas for stories and things that have happened. And sometimes I have enough that month. So I just throw them in my Pan Am bag. And then at times like this, I can handy dandy pull out the stories. So I do remember this. We serve warm cookies in the middle of the flight going from Europe to the United States in first class. We also serve warm cookies in the back, but those come in like a little paper thing and then they come in a cardboard and you put them in the, they're pretty easy. They're, they're already ready to go because you have so many people, right? But in first class, these cookies come in a big bag and the same thing for the bagels in the morning. They come in a big plastic oven safe bag. But here's the thing. The trays in the oven, none of us know how clean they are. So you could just like pop open the bag and put the bagels 
on the tray in the oven, but none of us think it's clean. And same with the cookies. I did have one, I want to say not that smart, not that smart purser. He didn't do what I'm going to tell you we do. Okay, so what we do is, it's that they're tied really tight. I don't know who in the kitchen ties these things, but they're really tight. But I want to try to open it. And it's difficult because we then take that oven safe bag and use it as like a liner for the the tray in the oven. So then we put the cookies on top of this plastic. So this way it's clean and um and that's why I'm always trying to keep the bag uh nice. You don't want to rip it all up because I want to be able to just line it all in one sheet on the tray. So go I'll go back to the cookie part first. So this one not so smart purser. Maybe he's taking a shortcut. I don't know. But he did not line the tray when he put the cookies on to cook them in the oven. Now, he didn't, it's not even like he ripped it open and then put it in haphazard. There was no liner. And I had been on crew rest. I come up and somebody had asked me for a cookie and I go to open so that the tray and the oven has holes in it, probably for the airflow, for cooking. So because he hadn't, because he's not that smart, he hadn't lined the tray like I do and like most flight attendants do. When he heated the cookies, the cookie had fallen through the holes in the tray. So now they looked like Swiss cheese cookies. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I can't serve these cookies. They have a bunch of holes in them. <laughs> now, we go back to the actual part of the story. Uh, it's in the morning, and I'm trying painstakingly to open this bag without breaking it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and th- there are everything bagels, you know, so it's poppy seeds, garlic, um, they're very strong, actually. And I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm pulling on it, I'm pulling on it. And finally it opens and a bunch of the seasoning from the everything bagel went down my uniform dress. <laughs> and so I was joking with the other flight attendant I was working with that I said, when I take this dress off, it's going to be like everything boobs. <laughs> my boobs are going to be seasoned with the everything bagel seasoning. I have two artificial intelligence stories this episode. How strange or weird is that? The first one is a nice listener, Norman, sent me a link saying, you know, you can have your audio fixed by this website. It doesn't cost anything extra. So in the last episode, I don't know if you noticed any difference, but I did send it off and I didn't realize in his email that it was an AI audio editor and it took I don't know, under an hour, and it sent it back to me, and that's the one I posted, so I don't know if you noticed it was any better or not. But I've been, I've had lots of time to listen to the news and stuff, and they've been talking a lot about chat GPB, you know, a chat bot, and are worried about kids not doing their homework because they can have chat GPB write it for them, and so I thought I'd experiment a little bit, and I, I wrote I signed up and I wrote, can you write me a short, funny airplane story? And it took seconds. And I was thinking, this is a weird thing. Seconds. And it said, sure, here's a short airplane funny story for you. And I was like, okay. 
As the airplane began its descent, the pilot's voice came over the intercom. Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure your seatbelts are fastened and your tray tables are in their upright and locked positions. We are about to experience some turbulence. Just then, a passenger in the back of the airplane stood up and shouted, I don't have my seatbelt on. The The flight attendant quickly rushed over to the passenger and said, Sir, you need to put your seatbelt on right away. The passenger replied, no, no, it's okay. I'm a professional rodeo rider, and I can handle any type of turbulence. The flight attendant looked at the man skeptically and said, sir, this isn't a rodeo. You need to sit down and fasten your seatbelt. The passenger reluctantly complied and buckled up. As the plane hit some rough air, the man held on tight to his seat and closed his eyes in fear. A few minutes later, the flight attendant leaned over and whispered to him, How's your rodeo training working out for you? The man opened his eyes and looked around nervously and said, I'll stick to riding horses from now on, he replied with a shaky smile. I don't know. I think if you're grading this airplane story, it's like a D. (laughs) It doesn't even make any sense. But it was impressive how quickly it spit out a story. Uh... But I I think that uh, if I was a student wanting this thing to do my homework for me, I wouldn't be expecting a very good grade. I'd like to thank any of you who are so kind and generous when you're going to buy something on Amazon. You took an extra second. Go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click on any of the Amazon links. Make sure you don't have your ad blocker on. And it doesn't cost you any more. doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I'd like to see what people buy every month. This past month, somebody bought a Weed Warrior Auto Winder. Interesting. Someone else bought Earwax Remover. And somebody bought a book called Only the Dead. So please consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. Click through the Amazon links when you're going to buy something on Amazon. And I thank you so very much. So this happened on one of my very last flights before I hurt my leg. And um, I don't know if I should tell this story. There are times where I wonder, should I tell somebody else's story? It's like their story, but it was a good story. But it's not like she told it for me for the podcast. She was just telling me the story. But it's a really good story. I thought it was a really good story. But just in case she doesn't want me to tell uh, her story. I'm just going to change her name. We're going to call her Nancy. Okay. It's Nancy, but that's not her name. So, um, I'm in the galley with Nancy <laughs> and she's telling me this story. She's very senior. She's senior to me. And, uh, she had done this. And I told you before that you can do this drafting thing where they, they, they need you for a domestic flight. And, uh, it's not where, you know, she was supposed to be going to Europe, but they told her she could just do this easy trip. Um, like to LA and deadhead home and she'd get paid for the whole Europe trip. She decided to do it, but it's always risky. Uh, she doesn't fly domestic and, uh, it, stuff can get messed up, right? It doesn't get as messed up. There isn't many reroutes and, uh, on international, but you, things get messed up sometimes when you're flying, you know, in the States, but she decided to risk it and she did this trip and she was supposed to work to LA and deadhead as a passenger home. It's easy, right? She'll take a nap on the way home where they got late and late and late and, uh, unbeknownst to her at this point, they had rerouted her to now work 
back all night. So she had worked. It's like a long day. And she was basically going to be illegal because um, she had already signed. She had signed in for her Europe trip. This trip was later. And then they had the long delay. Then she flew to uh, L.A. And now basically we have times you're only allowed to work over a certain amount of hours. Um, But there was this thing going on. She was unaware that the agent and the pilot had made these PAs on the flight back that she thought she was going to be a passenger on that now they needed her they were again didn't have enough people they were gonna have to cancel the flight and so the pilot had the agent had made a PA well we have this flight attendant Nancy coming in and she's probably not gonna work the flight and we're probably gonna have to cancel because she would be going way over her duty period and Um, most likely, basically, whether or not your flight is going depends on this one flight attendant named Nancy and, um, the pilot on the PA and said, well, you know, if I was Nancy, I would probably say no and go to a hotel because she's going to be so tired because she's been on duty for so long. So I would probably get your mind around that maybe this flight might be canceling. Now, she gets a message in the air on the way to L.A. that she's now going to be working back. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, I'm going to be so tired now. I've been on up for so long. She commutes, so she had already commuted in. Then she had to sit around the airport. Then she sat around the airport again. And then they had the long delay. And then she flew to L.A. And now they want her to fly back. Anyway, She's contemplating in her head whether or not she should do it, but she also wants to go home. She doesn't really want to lay over in L.A. You know, she'd rather go home. So she decides to go ahead and work. Now, she does not know about the agent making this PA. She doesn't know about the pilot making the PA. All she knows is she's going to be pretty tired, but, you know, she's just going to go ahead and power through. So she gets to the gate and um, the people in the gatehouse are going, Nancy, 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 Nancy. And she's like, what are they saying? What what are, what are they doing? And they were like, oh, we kind of made a PA that, you know, you probably weren't going to work the flight. And the flight was probably going to cancel. So she's like, they're chanting my name? <laughs> like, yeah, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. So she was like, oh, okay. So now she's at the boarding door of this Playing. She's kind of tired, you know, but she wants to go home. She's already made her decision. You know, she's going to go. And she's at the boarding door saying hello. And this passenger gets on and goes, um, are you Nancy? She's like, yeah, I'm Nancy. And they're like, here, I bought you this big cappuccino from Starbucks. I figured you were going to be tired. So here you go. And she was like, oh, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. And so the next person or next couple person, they go up, hey, where's Nancy? And she's like, I'm Nancy. And they're like, thank you so much for for working this flight. We were gonna, our trip was going to be so messed up if it was canceled. So we went and bought you um, these Starbucks gift cards. And she was like, oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. You know, you didn't have to do that. And the next person was like, um, where's Nancy? <laughs> they had had hours while she was in the air coming in. So the people had just gone around the airport. So somebody comes up with like, um, with like, uh, Cinnabons for, they're like, I, we bought these for Nancy because, you know, you, you're going to be so tired and we're so glad that you're working the flight. <laughs> so then Nancy's funny. <laughs> She's a very funny person. And uh, I really enjoyed chatting with her on this flight. And she said, then she got, 
Now, you know, she's a little punch drunk, you know, and it's funny and people keep giving her stuff. So um, then somebody gets on and she's like, hi, welcome on board. And she's like, um, I'm Nancy. You got anything for me? <laughs> you know, I'm Nancy. <laughs> Hello, I'm Nancy. And the, the passenger was like, I, I, I have cash. <laughs> She was just joking, but um, she ended up, she said she had like our trash bag. I don't know if you can picture an airline trash bag. She had a trash bag full of stuff that the people had all brought for her for their hero named Nancy. Now, um, yes, I'm temporarily, I don't want to say handicapped because... It's hopefully a temporary thing, and I'm just walking with this full leg immobilizer. So basically, I like swing the leg, and people say things. And and it also is good for you to understand how, I don't know, the whole thing is just eye-opening. Let's just say that. Uh, somebody, this was nice, Mainfly on Twitter wrote, uh, Betty is the best. <laughs> and I thought, thank you, that was so nice. So there's been some nice things and some not as nice things, you know, Um I was at the grocery store and a man I've never seen before, kind of an older man. I'm, I'm walking with my difficulty swinging the big demobilizer and he didn't say anything to me. He, he didn't look me in the eye. He looked at my peg leg and just said, heal. And I thought, oh, thank you. That's so nice. You know, you get a little emotional because you're kind of like, this is strangers wishing my leg to heal. Uh, and then I was at the, I, I can drive. It's just difficult and I have to kind of hoist myself up. I kind of get my both arms and one leg in the car and then I kind of like stand up to get the leg in and down and then, and I kind of have to drive way back. <laughs> I know it's so silly. It's all stupid, but I have to drive way back to keep the leg straight because I want to keep the leg straight because I don't want to have surgery. And so, you know, I'm kind of like a low rider. But anyway, I was, because I, I can drive and it's actually nice for me to get out of the house. So I went to the recycling place. I'm a big, I know I, that's another thing too. Yes, I don't like a lot of waste. I compost and I recycle. And some people will be like, uh, what good is you recycling and composting when you work at a job where there's a lot, <laughs> a big carbon footprint? But I'm trying to do my part at home, right? So, and one of the things I have been able to do is order things on Amazon. So I have bought some things like bird, I, I, I bought things and um, like for the backyard and I bought like a dresser and things come with a lot of packaging, cardboard, styrofoam. And, and so, uh, you know, I keep loading it in the car and I think, okay, I'm going to the recycling center because, but it involves a, quite a few of my, um, I call it my, um, dismounting. <laughs> it was difficult just getting in and out of the car. So, um, I'd gotten in and out of the car. I'm out of the car. And um, I'm taking all this cardboard. I had a lot of cardboard. And somebody said to me, you know, do you need help? And it's like, no, I'm fine. But it's kind of like a big adjustment to be go from the one who's always helping people like it worked. And then it's the people that are asking me if I need help. 
another story from my Pan Am bag of stories I might need to use someday. I told you in other podcasts, uh, I commute in so I get to work ridiculously early. And a, a way to get a little exercise and kill time, I walk underneath. I walk, instead of taking the train from concourse to concourse, I just walk. I walk it both ways. So I get some exercise. And you see all kind of things in an airport in the the walkway between the concourses. So I'm walking and I, I see this thing, a kind of hairy thing up ahead of me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is that a rat? Is that, is, what is that? Is that an animal? Because I've seen everything, but I have not seen that. <laughs> and as I get closer, I realize, no, it was like a, a hair piece, like maybe not a whole wig, but more like a, like a, a, a toupee, not a toupee though, because it looked like it was for a woman. So maybe like an extension kind of a wig slash hair piece. And so now I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm in my uniform and I'm like, huh, should I pick this not so nice looking thing up and go turn it in? And then they could make a PA, but what are they, what are they going to make on the PA? You know, if somebody has lost their hair. <laughs> Come back to, you know, be 18 to retrieve it. Like if somebody's lost your wig. And then I thought, you know, this, I look like a woman's. Uh, I figure she's going to notice at some point she's missing her hair and she's probably going to go back to where she might have left it. So I just decided to keep walking and hopefully she'll come back to find her hair. And really, it's not my problem. Little tiny story from my bag, and this you could tell how long things have been in my bag, is when I took my trip to go see the polar bears in Churchill, Canada, and then I took a road trip around Canada, and there was a lot of bears. So I went to see the polar bears, and I was trying to avoid (laughs) the other bears while I was hiking around the winter wonderland of Canada. And I thought it was funny there. uh, I think was a person that I ran into at like a souvenir shop. And uh, they said, um, we're talking about how dumb tourists are. And uh, this person said, do you know what a tourist in a sleeping bag is to a bear? And I was like, no. And they said, a taco. (laughs) Okay. Another story from my bag. Maybe that's what the title should be. Uh, Here's some stories from my Pan Am bag. (laughs) But this was a flight attendant. She was telling me, now there is one swear word I like to tell you ahead of time in case you want to fast forward. There are some people who don't like it, but there's, it needs to be in here. Actually, two swear words. Two swear words coming up. Fair warning. So she said, um, well, they were on the plane. I think it was a long time ago. And... we have different handsets on different planes. So we have different phones to, to use to make calls and to make PAs. And they're all different. And some of them have numbers and some of them you have to push to talk. And sometimes it is easy to mess up whether you're calling the flight attendant or, or making a PA. So she had been in the back of the plane and the labs had not been dumped and it smelled really bad in the back. So she had called up and said, hey, don't let them close the door because they need to to dump these labs because it stinks back here. And so, you know, they're boarding and boarding and now it's getting close and she calls back up and she's like, hey, you know, you need to make sure that they don't close the door and you make sure that they dump these labs. And so a third time, 
She thinks she's calling the flight attendant, but instead she hit the PA button and she said, Don't let them close the door. It smells like fucking shit back here. On the PA. (laughs) In the last episode, I started the episode where I normally go, Hi, I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline. I bring you stories, blah, blah, blah. In the last episode, I said, Hi, I'm Peg. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline. And I did that because most of you who have listened to the last one know I had broken my kneecap. So the peg was just kind of a joke. And also, um, I was trying to keep the podcast light, even though I really wasn't feeling that light, just because you guys don't come to my podcast for me to go, eh, I'm sad. I can't do anything. Eh. I'm sitting around doing nothing more. So anyway, I was trying to keep it light. What was funny about that is that's not the first time I've done a name change in the intro. I did it the first time when I first moved to South Carolina and the person I bought my condo from kept thinking my name was Catherine and she kept introducing me to people as Catherine, and then I'd have to say hi. <laughs> anyway, uh, Betty. Anyway, I got uh, so I did it as Catherine one time, and then another time it was kind of a silly story. Uh, if you're going on crew rest and you want to save an entree for yourself, you write your name on it on a piece of paper, uh, like on a piece of on a piece of tape. And uh, I wanted to save myself a chicken, and instead of writing Betty on the piece of tape, I wrote chicken. <laughs> So I started the podcast with, hi, I'm Chicken. Anyway, I didn't get a lot of comments either time about the hi, I'm Chicken or hi, I'm Catherine, but this hi, I'm Peg. (laughs) And that drew some, (laughs) I got comments. People were like, you said your real name. Like, my real name is Peg. (laughs) And then some people were like, I didn't figure it out until the end of the episode. Uh, So it was actually kind of humorous for me. So, you know, I do this different times of the month. One of the things that's interesting is the month usually between the podcast goes like this. And I actually had to look to see if I had missed a month because it's like, is it really only been a month? It feels like two months since I did the podcast. Anyway, uh, right now I don't need surgery. I'm in a smaller brace and I'm learning to walk, so things are looking up. I'm feeling like myself again, and uh, no more pig. So did you figure out what the sounds were, the music for the show? Did you think it was whales? It's not whales, it's lemurs, specifically whaling lemurs, the injury. So I went to Madagascar in 2012, and uh, I'm going to replay my little story from there about these lemurs. And then the reason why I'm doing that is because I heard this great story on NPR shortwave about what they're learning about lemurs. And their show is called Move Over Beatles. Lemurs are here with music lessons. This is just a bit of their story. You could see the whole story. I'll put a link in the show notes. Part of the reason when I, why I went all the way to Madagascar was because of the Indri, which are a type of lemur that whale, that uh, they call them the whaling Indri. So they're whaling lemurs and they make this great noise. And uh, 
I recorded it, so I'm going to play it for you in just a second. But I got to tell you that <laughs> you get varying uh, degrees of guides in these types of places as to whether how knowledgeable they are or not. And, you know, they could tell me anything. I don't know. How am I going to know if it's correct? You know, so the first guide, the one here where I recorded these whaling lemurs, I had to get up really early because they're very active in the morning. And I, I went on this walk through the forest and was pouring down rain some of the time, but I got to hear them wailing. And he told me that um, they tell each other the weather, <laughs> whether it's raining or whatever. And up and they can hear, like, you can hear them like a kilometer away. And that's what they're saying to each other. They're telling each other the weather. And I was thinking, well, that's interesting. <laughs> and then I was in another national park with a different guide. And he goes, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> I probably want to come home and said, well, they, they, this is, the whaling lemurs and they're telling each other whether or not it's raining <laughs> but he said they have three different kinds of whales and one of them's communication uh one of them would be for danger and another one would be like a love call so um there probably isn't one for whether or not it's raining <laughs> but here is the magnificent indri whaling be so loud. It's really loud. <laughs> One kilometer. It's amazing. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. <laughs> oh no, what is that? <laughs> Those are lemurs. Hi, Aaron. beautiful and haunting and also a little bit like whale sounds meets air horns. Right? It was definitely not what I expected. These recordings are from scientists who collected the songs from lemurs uh, in Madagascar over the course of 12 years. And when those scientists listened closely to the recordings, they found something that's only ever been found in birds and humans, a kind of musical rhythm and by studying it scientists hope they can better understand the origins of music so today on the show what we can learn from the songs of an endangered lemur they cannot survive in captivity so the only place in which you where you can see them it's their forest and also hearing their song uh, in the forest is very i think it's Hunting. I don't know, it's something that resonates uh, in all the valleys and propagates in all the forests. And it seems that, like, all the forest is singing. It's a very incredible experience. It sounds magical. Looked at the Indri song, she saw that a lot of the time their notes followed this one-to-one -one ratio, this metronomic rhythm. And a good amount of the time, they also sang using a one-to-two ratio, which is even more complicated. Okay, what does a one-to-two ratio sound like? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this is our chance to finally talk about Queen, <laughs> the famous rock band. 
Although Queen has to be slowed way down, but our trusty engineer Josh Newell did that for us. If we think about the intro of uh, the song We Will Rock You, you know, the, the famous part in which we have the tum tum cha, tum tum cha. We have a repetition of uh, three, let's say, sound, uh, and injury songs are more or less the same. We have, for example, three notes, and then an interval, and then three notes. And um, in the We Will Rock You song, the three sound have uh, the same uh, interval between them. But between the two groups of sound in the middle, there is an interval that is double. And it is the same, uh, the same thing happens with the, uh, the injury song. Oh, I totally hear it. So it also raises the question for me, Burley, of whether looking for categorical rhythm in other species could help us to understand anything about the origins of music in our own species. I think this could at least show that one could develop fairly complex song-like behavior without having to come from some already established complex language-like communication system. So in that sense, it would favor the idea that singing could have evolved prior to language or independently from language. And he says because the coordination of human singing is much more complex than lemur songs, studying it could provide a glimpse into what early human singing may have been like. Thank you so much, Burley. I will never be able to listen to lemurs or queen the same way again. Same, Aaron. Same. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And I hope that happens again soon. <laughs> Bye. When you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seatbelts are fastened for takeoff and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heels, she 